Stampede. Garner isn't number 44. Recorded April 12th, 2020. refrained from accusing anyone of causing this worldwide crisis with the coronavirus. I've made it clear that I believe this disease was man-made, and I've warned that it may spread outside of our own species. I have very strong feelings about that, and I've seen some reporting that suggests that may actually be happening. So I have a theory about who is responsible for this. All along, I've had opinions, but refrain from openly expressing them. I have no real evidence as to who should be held accountable, because if it was intentionally released, and hard evidence can be shown who did it, there's little doubt a firestorm of war would result. Personally, I have to be careful I don't say something that can be misconstrued, resulting in tragic action. I'm going to point a finger at who could have created this criminal act, and it's based on circumstantial evidence and speculation, and should be recognized as such. There are only a few individuals today demonstrate a mental pathology for releasing a biological weapon, but actually there may be many more who might psychologically be capable of releasing such a weapon. They may be constrained scientifically from developing such a thing. The other limitation might be a governmental structure that would prevent a leader from ever letting it out into a population. But Psychologically, there are probably a lot of people in power who wouldn't hesitate using a biological weapon if they could. In other words, what I've always believed, there are a lot of very mentally disturbed people out there capable of doing unthinkable violence. You have to have a certain mindset to do something like that. And today, There are people like that. 
and to pinpoint someone who might have been capable of intentionally releasing COVID-19 relies on making a lot of assumptions. I believe I understand how this should be approached. It's interesting to note a common defense used by lawyers for a suspect on trial for serial murders often claim the defendant was a victim of abuse as a child, that the defendant was psychologically scarred in the past and committed his violent crimes because of the environment in which he grew up in. Now, I personally believe parents influence their offspring and have a lot to do with how that child will view the world once grown into adulthood. A child born into a household where parents are alcoholics have a greater chance of becoming addicted to alcohol or some other drug. A child constantly being physically abused is inclined to carry that behavior forward when he or she becomes an adult or even as a teenager. I might say once while in a grocery store, I watched and heard repeatedly a child loudly call out, Mama, don't hurt me. It concerned me so much I went to the store manager and told him I believed he should either intervene or call some official to inquire about what was happening. So it may very well be true how we are treated as children has a lot to say about how we will behave later in life. But that's not to say many people can't overcome the stigma. And it's true, some can go on to see the tragedy of their youth and correct it in their own lives. So this is what I'm getting at. If COVID-19 was intentionally released, it was done by someone whose mental morphology is unstable. So when looking for culpability in this virus being released, there are clear signs that this was caused by someone who has demonstrated a mental illness, like a defense lawyer would present at a trial of a serial killer.
Of course, this abnormality isn't limited to individuals. Societies may show signs of a willingness to commit wholesale murder. And I could mention a few that fit that bill. It's not as if this is a new phenomenon. Convincing people to go to war against an enemy is nothing new. Releasing a weapon against all humanity and perhaps endangering large segments of the natural world can be considered an all-time first in history. And I want to re-emphasize, I'm assuming this virus was man-made and was intentionally released for a variety of reasons, but I could be wrong. And to suggest who's responsible may be unfair. But if I'm right, then fairness doesn't enter into the equation. If there's someone who intentionally released this disease, then I don't think I'm wrong in speculating who could have done it. The COVID-19 virus most likely won't be the last of this act of violence. Other lethal things could be coming as well. As I said, to draw some conclusions, it could be necessary to look at the mental condition of the person who would have done this. And it's clear, no single individual would have been able to develop and release a biological weapon without help. To make a weapon, such as COVID-19, a coronal virus, 
requires an enormous amount of scientific expertise. And this is something I've talked about before in previous shows. It took a mere 45 years after first developing in physics the atomic theory to put it into practice by creating an atomic bomb. In around 1900, physicists began understanding what all things were made of, the atom. And in 45 years, they harnessed that knowledge to create the first atomic bomb used in World War II. So what I'm saying is, if COVID-19 was created as a weapon, it had to have come from a scientific discipline, and no individual would have been capable of producing it alone. It would have had to have been developed by other than a single individual. And in the recent past, there have been events which support a theory of how and why a weapon like COVID-19 could have been developed and released on a population. To be sure, today, in lots of countries around the world, there are clandestine biological weapons that have been created. And it can be assumed governments have been instrumental in their control and limitation. There are explicit international prohibitions in the production of biological weapons. But let's not kid ourselves. They exist. As I said before, to be intentionally released, it would require a psychological profile of someone or some entity 
exhibiting a serious mental abnormality. In the recent past, there has been such an event, and it illustrates what I'm trying to suggest. In 1995, religious cult members belonging to the teaching of Am Shinrikyo released sarin gas in the Tokyo subway system, resulting in 13 deaths and injuring over a thousand people. This terrorist act was designed by a man named Shoko Asahora, who was the spiritual leader and creator of Om Shinrikyo. I won't describe what this religion professed, except to say before the Tokyo subway attack, it had received a legal status by the Japanese government, and members of this religious cult ran for political office. At one time in Japan, Om Shinrikyo had thousands of followers with hundreds of communal colonies scattered throughout the country. Asahora and many of his followers were eventually executed in 2018 after an extensive legal trial that lasted 23 years. He was accused of committing assassinations and attempted assassinations to further his religion. A critic of Am Shinrikyo was kidnapped along with his wife and children and murdered. Attempts with using anthrax to kill judges and politicians were unsuccessful. He used members in his religion, skilled chemists, to develop VX nerve gas and anthrax in laboratories. Looking at this rationally, one has to assume Shoko Asahara exhibited sociopathic behavior, acting with extreme antisocial beliefs and a lack of conscience. I'm not a psychologist or anyone trained in identifying people who have symptoms of neurotic behavior or even worse, psychotic classifications. But this was a man who convinced large numbers of people that he had godlike qualities and who envisioned his religion, Om Shinrikyo, would survive the coming Armageddon. And he did so by assassinations and mass killings. There's a strong argument to be made saying that producing anthrax, sarin, or VX nerve gas are not going to improve your standing as a deity, especially if released 
in the Tokyo subway system. I stand corrected if you think I'm wrong about that, but surprisingly, there are several people who think they demonstrate power by a theological calling, making them produce weapons of mass destruction. Someone like Muammar Gaddafi, who had ambitions for creating a nuclear bomb, he was dissuaded by Western leaders to abandon those plans. You could always see that when the leader of Libya emerged from a desert tent, rolling his eyes up to the sky, he possessed a godlike image of himself. He produced a personality cult. When Libya began breaking apart, he was found hiding inside a drainage pipe, eventually crudely tortured and shot to death. He was often accused of financing global terrorism. But Gaddafi has been long dead since COVID-19 began ravaging the world. Today, any suspect that could have developed COVID-19 and released it into a population would have many of the same characteristics as Gaddafi, someone who had highly educated geneticists, biologists, scientists, a strong military working for him, someone who was part of a personality cult demanding complete obedience. Of course, when looking at who could be responsible for releasing COVID-19, motivation, whether rational or irrational, has to be considered any leader of a country who rules by intimidation, assassination, and fear must also prove to his people his devotion to them, to protect them from the outside world, to bring his people to a better place. Without those feelings, the people of his country will resist his leadership. He must at all costs build a strong military to prove to his people he'll protect them. They must work for the country and for him, but he must protect them from any threats, real or imagined. If he believes his country is in danger, he'll use whatever methods to prove his resolve. And that's why COVID-19 was released in a society built by a personality cult, even the use of a biological weapon to defend a nation isn't out of the question.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Mike Post's composition for the TV series Law and Order, then Cliff Martinez's music Rubberhead from the movie I Drive, followed by Hans Zimmer's portion of Radical Notion, then returning to I Drive with Martinez's Hammer, then with another Zimmer composition, Sapper Tree, followed by a portion of Time, a composition by Zimmer for the motion picture Inception. Then you heard two pieces by Bernard Herman from the motion picture Taxi. First, Assassination, and then the 45 Magnum is a monster. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.